All right, here we go. It is time for another episode of the Football and Freedom Show. I am your host, Longhorn, and of course, we are brought to you by the Revolution Network. If you have not found, followed, liked, shared, and made love to the Revolution Network, you're doing it wrong. You need to get over there. When you do, you get the whole list of wonderful shows and podcasts that come along with the Revolution Network. They are as follows, right here, the Football and Freedom Show with me. We've got the I Mean It Show with Bo Cephas. We have the Bastards of Babylon coming very soon. And of course, the flagship FGH, the Football Glory Hole, where you get all of your betting needs met during the football season. Is it football season yet? I swear to God, I wish it was time right now. I wish we could just get it going right from the draft, right in the games. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Doesn't work that way. Fortunately, we have to suffer through a long, long summer. Um, but you know, we're used to it. That's that's the way it goes. We can we can handle it. I'm sure I'm sure baseball will keep us interested along the way. Not ugh, fucking baseball, four hour games and nothing but nothing but home runs and strikeouts. Yeah, sign me up for that shit. All right, let's start with uh, obviously this week we are breaking down all of the. Uh, draft classes from the 2022 NFL Draft. Go back into the feed. You can find the rest of the divisions that I've already done. And today we are doing the NFC South. NFC South, Atlanta, Carolina, New Orleans, and Tampa Bay. Of course, I give grades for each one, uh, and I and I I do it my way. Look, I, yes, you start your own podcast. You can grade however you want. I'm doing it my way. And I grade a little different. I'm not going to do the the standard um, just just run of the mill grades that everybody else gives out. I'm going to do it my own way under my own parameters. So let's start with Atlanta. Excuse me, one second. <clears throat> All right, eighth overall pick. They took Drake London, wide receiver out of USC. Second pick, uh, Arnold Ebiketti. You didn't think I was going to be able to pronounce that? I did it. Nailed it. Penn State defensive end. Troy Anderson, Mont- Montana State. Montana State. Man, they are going everywhere to find players these days. As a linebacker, Desmond Ritter, the fall finished right here with the 10th pick in the third round. And quarterback from Cincinnati went to Atlanta. And then to wrap it up, also another third round pick, D'Angelo Malone, an outside linebacker for, from Western Kentucky. So obviously you remember watching all the Western Kentucky games like like the rest of us. They were thrilling as always. Um, and rounded it out with Tyler Allegier, BYU running back, a guard from Georgia, Schaefer, and another uh, Georgia player, tight end, John Fitzpatrick. So what I take away from this draft, <clears throat> good value. They didn't, they didn't reach. All the players they took were right in the range or better, which is what you want. You know, you want to fill needs and you want to get good value. Well, guess what? Atlanta fucking needs everything. So it didn't matter what they did there. They were going to, they were going to fill needs, uh, but the value was good. So overall, I would give it a uh, just a solid B. You uh, you really can't maybe even a B plus. I'm a, I'm a B plus them up because of the Desmond Ritter. Whenever you get a, a quarterback that many people thought might have gone in the first round and he falls all the way to you in the third, you know, does that mean he sucks? Probably, but it doesn't change that the value was uh, – the, the patience they showed in the value, it, it could pay off uh, for them. So um, as far as these players, I know I made fun of Montana State, and and literally I've never – I don't even know what channel that would even come on. But watching tape, 
for you Atlanta fans or just, you know, football fans in general, if you have not watched this Troy Anderson kid on tape, you need to go do it. Uh, he's got the size, speed combo, the athleticism, athleticism combo that you love to see. You know, will that translate from Montana State to the NFL? We'll see. Uh, but, I, you know, late in the second round, I love that value. He was a, he was a player I had my eye on uh, and was curious where he would finally land. On this team, I mean, unless he's straight garbage, then he's probably going to start immediately. So can't wait to see that kid in the fall. And Drake London, that was a controversial um, first receiver taken in this draft. You know, if you followed the process, if you listened to the teams when they were talking, you kind of knew that this GM, he likes to go bully ball. He likes the big players. Um, so that they, they kind of, you know, hinted and gave away their hand a little bit uh, before before this pick was selected. People thought they were kind of leaning towards Drake London because he was the bigger receiver. Um, so, you know, overall solid, solid draft. Give it a B-plus because of the Ritter value and the wild card in Anderson. All right, moving on to Carolina. Let's run down their short list. Man, all the all the needs they have, and they and they only had, like, looks like six or seven picks. Ikamakwanu, offensive tackle, North Carolina State. Matt Corral in the third round. Ole Miss quarterback, Brandon Smith, Penn State linebacker. Amar Barno, Virginia Tech outside linebacker. Cade Mays, oh, like that pick. Sixth round, Tennessee offensive guard. And Kalen Barnes, Baylor corner. Okay, this is this is a solid for, for, for the low amount of picks, much like what Atlanta did. Field needs, got good value. Got the quarterback in the third round, just like just like Atlanta did. I think they got the best offensive lineman in this draft with their sixth overall pick, Iquanu. Um, and I love the Caden Mays pick. That, that could be a sneaky starter, that develop, developmental starter for them in the sixth round from Tennessee. I like him. And then Barnes, he's the speedster from, I think he was the 4-2 guy, cornerback from Baylor. I mean, seventh round, you know, you find a guy that can run 4-2, 4-3, why not? See if, see if you can uh, develop him up. Um don't really like the Brandon Smith pick. Probably could have gone better there. But overall, let's give this a, you know what, same grade. That's a B plus. Another B plus. Stole the quarterback in the third round. See what he can do. He probably sucks because he's there, but you never know. So I'm going to give them a B plus also. And we are going to move right along. Who is next in this stupid, stupid division? Probably, ah, oh yes, our Saints. Our beloved, our beloved Saints. So they only had five picks, but it's going to shock you because I'm giving them an A. And how do you get an A with only five picks in an NFL draft? Well, you started off with two first-round picks and you knock them out of the park. Chris Olave, wide receiver out of Ohio State, the other first-rounder. Trevor Pinning, the giant, giant mauling. I think specifically right tackle only um, tackle out of Northern Iowa. Second round, Alante Taylor, cornerback from Tennessee. DeMarco Jackson, inside linebacker in the fifth round and wrapped it up with a defensive tackle, Jordan Jackson from Air Force. In this small sample, I just love what they did. The value and the needs. Two instant starters with the first round picks. Um, and maybe, you know, Taylor's going to come in and push. He, he's a, he's a corner that, that, um, is SEC corner from Tennessee. He's, he's battle tested. He's got the size and speed combo that you want. Um, and of course the fifth and sixth round pick, you're throwing darts, but 
the darts they threw had had value. They they were in their range of where they where they were supposed to be. Um, so I'm gonna give them an A. <clears throat> Only five picks, nailed it with an A, and um, can't wait to see <laughs> can't wait to see Jameis see if he can launch it out far enough for Olave to run under it because that boy can move. That boy can move on the field. All right, let's go to Tampa. I'm a I'm a spoiler alert. This not a fan. Not a fan of what Tampa did. You got the GOAT, okay? You got the GOAT. He's got maybe one year left, and I feel like – I just feel like they – they. this is a draft for the future to me. You know, as, if, you, if you go back and listen to the other episodes, when I was talking about Green Bay, um, again, they drafted well, but it was a futures draft when they had Aaron Rodgers – in one of the last few seasons that he's going to have at his level. I feel the same way about this draft with Tampa Bay. You know, like the players are good, nothing wrong with the players, but it's more of a developmental type draft for me. And I think that they could have gotten players that just could have came in and immediately helped the quarterback who's, let's face it, probably on his last year. So let me go down the list. Logan Hall. They traded out of the first round took and to the first pick in the second round, and they took Logan Hall, defensive end slash tackle, out of Houston. Uh, Luke Gadecki, offensive tackle, Central Michigan. Rashad White, Arizona State running back. Running back, I mean. Kate Auden, tight end, Washington. Understand that pick because of the Gronk situation. A little bit of insurance there. Um, Jake Camarda, Georgia punter. You got me. Why did I even read that? You trick. You tricked me, stupid punter. Got me. Zion McCollum, Sam Houston cornerback, Cocleft, uh, Minnesota tight end, back-to-back tight ends, uh, double up there. You know, again, that tells me they're not feeling too good about Gronk coming back. But we'll see. You know, oh Brady's Brady's pretty pers- uh, persuasive when he wants to be, and wrapped it up in the seventh round. Andre Anthony LSU defensive end again. Value, good. Um, not a lot of needs, obviously, on Tampa Bay. But when you're looking for players to come in and, and do that one last push for the Super Bowl, I just feel they could have done better here for OTB. But with that said, um, you know, I miss the days of hating Tampa Bay. Or not really hating them, but just having apathy for this franchise. It's not it's not a storied franchise. It's a franchise that's kind of a, a bunch of blah for, for most of their history, uh, this has been a great run with Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. Um, I'm hoping it's over soon so we can just go back to being just for Tampa and they're they're just a big nothing. Um, with that said, we are huge Tampa Bay or excuse me Tom Brady fans, so I would love to see this year Tom Brady get one for the I don't know his fucking second thumb, third front thumb, whatever. I can't keep up with how many rings that dude has. Uh, but get one and just, and just ride off into the sunset and just plant your flag like it's already planted. Just plant another one, I guess, that I am the best. No one will ever catch me, and you can all suck it on my way out. Um, so, and speaking of on the way out, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Football and Freedom Show. Again, please do us a favor. Subscribe, follow, share, like the Revolution Network. You get all of the shows when you find them. Uh, we're on we're on all the podcast networks. We're on all the socials. So find us, interact with us, engage with us, talk to us. Um, you know, rate us, do whatever you got to do. Just 
do it because it is time to join the revolution. If you come and come on.